While the global pandemic has created economic uncertainty, many companies are innovating and solving problems, creating opportunities for early investors. As value creation continues to shift from public to private markets, Our Crowd believes you deserve access to early stage investments in fast growing companies. That's why Our Crowd has launched the Pandemic Innovation Fund, which invests in companies solving these new challenges. Solutions like vaccines and testing, tools for remote learning, and even food security innovations. Our Crowd is giving all accredited investors a seat at this table and has already helped thousands of investors get access to companies that have IPO'd like Beyond Meat or been bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Just go to OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. If you're interested in investing, you need to join Our Crowd. The Our Crowd account is free. Just go to OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast. And we are in Velo News World headquarters. We are socially distanced. I'm here with Ben Delaney. Ben, how are you all the way over there? Greetings from far across the room, my friend. <laughs> it's a good 15 feet, I would say. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's quite a season right now. We're in, we're into October. Uh, fall seems to have finally hit us this week. It took long enough. Um, and I don't I don't know about you, but when when the weather turns, I want to be on dirt. I don't know why. It's just something that it's just I need to be on dirt. And so it's gravel time for me. Uh, although I I always want to be on dirt to be honest. But sure. Get, getting on dirt means getting in the trees and yeah. getting into the leaves and amongst the leaves and hearing the rustling and yeah, yeah. seeing the colors. And yes, it's. Yeah. Good times. We we did skip right to winter on a on a, a, um, a gravel ride I did last week, and it was freezing cold, but it was beautiful. Um, so you know we're into gravel, um, and you know I wanted to talk as um, as Campagnolo made news just a couple weeks ago, uh, launching their new gravel drivetrain. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about gravel drivetrains in general. I, they clearly exist. The question is. Do they exist for a real reason that gravel riders will actually benefit from? What's the whole point of them? And so, uh, Ben, you've ridden GRX from Shimano. You've ridden SRAM Force, or excuse me, SRAM ETAP Axis. Uh, neither of us have ridden the Campagnolo uh, group, which is uh, brand spanking new. Correct. Uh, but we have some experience with gravel drivetrains in general. Uh, so we, you know, and I both have a sense of how they compare to road drivetrains. And um, I don't know about you, but I also have a lot of experience with how they compare to mountain bike drivetrains. So I wanted to sort of wade through that today. Um, so Ben, let's start with sort of the big differences uh, between, say, a road group set and what we're seeing in gravel group sets. What what benefits do you get from that? Sure. I mean, that's, that's the big question, right? With gravel being such a huge trend is that it's a bandwagon. Lots of folks are jumping on it either as riders or as brands. And, and we have seen some cases of companies literally putting stickers or labels on product that has not changed, just calling it gravel. Right. Whether it's shoes or a bike. You know, I, I heckled Trek when their Damani was, came out as Damani gravel. Like, yeah. it's the same bike. It's the bike same bike. What, it's a, what the, <laughs> come on, guys. So there's some of that going on, but then yeah. there's also legit work being done by uh, product managers who are looking at how riders are riding and seeing like, hey, how can we tweak this? How can we improve that? So, mm -hmm. um, just just my bias from the top of the the set here. I do think that there is there is room for a gravel specific drivetrain. Mm -hmm. um, are these perfect yet? We don't know, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
What was your question? I'm already lost. <laughs> That's it. We're done. <laughs> and good night. And good night. Um, no, I think the the big question people have is, you know, how what, is it different? How is it okay. different? Sure, I mean, sure. why can't I just run a road group or a mountain group? Yes. Yes. So, you know, as we were talking, Shimano is 11 speed. Mm-hmm. SRAM 12 and Campy now 13. Mm-hmm. The, the primary difference is... Uh, would be a clutch derailleur. Mm-hmm. This is like differences with the, from a standard a road. road. Yeah, yeah. Um, old hat to, to mountain bike for yep. sure. Yeah, and we are seeing that clutch derailleur in use in trams on the road. But yeah, yeah. Uh, for most road drivetrains, for most roadies out there listening, your derailleur does not have a clutch on it. It's mm-hmm. there's a spring that that holds tension in there. So that's that's a difference, and I think that's a notable one. Like. I was at uh, Buzz and Waffle Ride this weekend and through a, fir- a few washboardy corners when it was still a big bunch of folks, there would be guys and a few gals by the side of the road with their chain off as, right, right. as the chain rattled off. Um, having a clutch rather hold the chain taut helps with that. Mm-hmm. It also just helps uh, minimize how much damage your chain does to the chain stay thwack around. So just from a a sonic standpoint of the noise reduction. That's, yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> um, gearing is is another difference. So with Shimano, with the GRX, the uh, you've got two options. You've got a one by option. You've got a two by option. The two by is even smaller than a compact crank. So with the road cranks are typically a standard is. A, Starts as big as 53, nobody's riding that anymore. Right. So compacts, 52 is your big ring. Mm-hmm. GRX, the big ring is either a 48 or a 46. Right, right. And then small rings, you know, 31 or a 30. So pretty, mm-hmm. pretty teensy. And then right. you can match that at the back to here. There's no gravel specific cassettes. So that's one thing to note on Shimano. It's not a tip to tail group. You're, you're still mixing and matching some road and some mountain parts. Right. So the bike I used at uh, Belgian Waffle Ride had a Shimano XT, the mountain bike cassette on the back mm-hmm. because that's the biggest thing I could fit on there. That's an 1146. I was using a single ring, 42. Um, so my uh, parameters were 1146 with the 42 up front. Mm-hmm. For one by, I, I would recommend people go SRAM just because you've got a wider option. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's certainly differences in, in braking and preferences, but just having having enough rope on both ends of the spectrum, I think it's a good thing. And and SRAM and now Campy have got Shimano beat there when it comes to one by. Yeah. You know, with the with the SRAM, you've got a 1050 mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ganchuan, huge. Um, and that gives you plenty of options, and and it's twelve speed. Yeah, uh, Campy is now what like a goes down to a nine, nine tooth. Yeah, so Campy is a, is the new beast that we don't we've been, we haven't ridden yet. So it's it's sort of a wild card for both of us. But um, you know they 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 announced three gearing options, which was nine thirty six, nine forty four, and ten forty four. Um, so clearly you know, you've got a big push gear there for sure with that little nine tooth cog. Um, but you know, 44 is the biggest you get in the back. So again, SRAM still has the widest yeah. range you can get. And, and that bailout gear, the 1050, I think is what, what 
They have a, is it a 1050? 1050. Yeah. Yes, sir. Huge. Now, yeah. So <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. I was staring at my drivetrain before Belgian Wolf Ride thinking like, you know, the low talent, big ego guy I am. I need, I need a bigger gear here. Yeah, like right. 4211, that's not going to be sufficient. <laughs> yeah. I was straight up walking at the end because of 4246. Yeah. You know, like hour five or whatever on a super yeah. steep dirt. Like you could push it, but it was like, it was literally faster to walk. Yeah, sure. And I think that's representative of some of the things you encounter in gravel, like long days and fatigue yeah, and yeah. rough terrain. So just, I've never been on a bike, Dan, and thought, <laughs> damn it, if I only had fewer gears, right. it would be better. I've <laughs> never thought that. Yeah. You know, so again, tip of the hat to SRAM. Yeah. With, again, this is just strictly one by speaking mm -hmm. to have options on both ends. And yeah. similarly, it's, it's good to have a big gear. So if you're riding in a group on pavement, you're not having to do 300 RPM right. just to stay there at 25 miles an hour. Yeah, and I think, I think it's also important to note that um, it seems to have been decided for us that one by is the way to go for gravel, except Shimano still offers a two by system. Um, but it seems like one by is the way to go. Um, Why? I'm because why? I've been, because I've been told that this, <laughs> <laughs> but why? Right. Well, and that's the question, right? So I think SRAM in this sense, if, if one by is indeed the way to go, then that wide ranging cassette is a must, you know, it's not like you can just say one by is the way to go. And you know, your biggest cog is straight block 1123. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so, you know, perhaps we have more growing to do in that respect. Um, and, and it's important to note too, that even with the, the ETAP stuff, that's the axis is an ecosystem as they call it. Um, and so you're to, missing his air quotes here. Yeah. I, sorry. I keep forgetting. There's no camera. <laughs> um, you guys didn't hear the air quotes. Um, yeah. So the, the, the axis system is an ecosystem. So you can actually mix and match parts with the mountain bike groups. Um, and so when you get to that big 50 tooth cassette, you're actually going to be using an Eagle rear derailleur, yeah. uh, which is from the mountainside. Um, so I think in that sense, you know, SRAM has sort of wisely let you mix and match to get those sort of Frankenbike drivetrains. Um, and that's why one by works for them. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, Shimano, like I said, I had the XTU, the mountain cassette on the Yeah. Road. Yeah. So same thing. Same yeah. concept um, is not the, not the same. Brand. Right. And, but, in, and I think, you know, Shimano has also stood by their front derailleurs for a very long time and continue to do so. And, um, I haven't ridden a front derailleur on a gravel bike and I can't remember how long, if I've ever, to be honest. Um, well, how about this? When's the last time you had a front derailleur on your mountain bike? Oh man. <laughs> now, now he's looking at the ceiling. God, I, I can't count that high. <laughs> it's been years. Uh, yeah. I would so say, bikes can be ridden this way is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah. 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 Asking a mountain biker. It's, it yeah, is yeah. possible to pedal a bicycle with. I, I'm, I'm told, like I'm told. <laughs> Although, you know, I just did ride up to Gold Hill the other day and that's a really, it's a long climb. It's not steep, but it's a long climb. And by the top, you know, by the end of it, I was, you know, kind of wishing for one more gear and, and I was on a one by setup. So, you know, it, it, again, the fatigue really factors in. And, and so if I was doing 200 miles or at Kansas, you know, by mile 100, I'm sure I would be begging for <laughs> two by up front, you know? Um, so it really just depends, but, um, Gearing aside, um, there are other differences between, um, you know, a road group set and, and a gravel group set. And one of them came, uh, to me very quickly as an advantage when I got GRX on a bike, um, which was that, 
it's very clear that the ergonomics uh, are very different and the need, the needs are very different for a gravel bike. Uh, and I think Shimano in particular has done a, a bang up job uh, with the hood ergonomics uh, in particular and, and the levers as well. And so what I mean by that is, you know, when you're, when you're riding your road bike, generally speaking, a road is, is smooth, you know, for the most part, you're going to get chatter, you're going to get bumps and things like that. But for the most part, you know, you can plant your hands there on the bars. You're going to be fine. Gravel, you could, you could go anywhere from, you know, light, light, beautiful groomed gravel to full on chunk on single track, which means you really need a good place to grip. Um, and, and Shimano's GRX hoods are just fantastic in that regard. It's like your hands are just kind of locked into that position. So you're not going to like, you're not going to lose your grip. You're not going to, you can really go on that chunky stuff and you're still going to have that really stable platform. Um, yeah. With the DI2 in particular, like there's, yeah, there's a yeah. different shape between the mechanical GRX and the DI2 GRX. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the D, the mechanical is a little more closely related to, you know, like an Ultegra yeah, yeah, hood. Yeah. Um, but with the, the hood cover has got a little bit texture, grippy texture there, mm-hmm. but the DI two, I love. And like you said, it's the, the, the end of the hood, the curves back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like locks the, the crotch of your, yeah. your hand in place. My hand has a crotch. Your hand has a crotch <laughs> and it needs cradling. And GRX DI two provides a hand crotch cradle. A hand crotch cradle. I think that's the technical <laughs> trademark term. If it's not, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Um, someone about that. And also it's the, uh, DI two is the extension is a little bit longer mm -hmm. so you can get more fingers wrapped around that part. Yeah. Yeah. And And the, the lever itself too is, is, um, is, it feels like it's wider and flatter on the front. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it flares out a little bit. So, you know, for me, I have pretty small hands, um, make whatever jokes you want, but my, my small hands can actually hit these levers and I don't have to shift my wrists forward to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's key because, you know, again, on gravel, you always want to have that solid grip on the bars because you never know what's coming up. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like you can just take your hands off the bars whenever you want. The DI2 levers also have a higher pivot point yeah. than road levers. So it's, you can get more leverage when shift, when braking on the tops of the hoods. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's another plus. What I dig about the DI2, um, or one of the things I dig, is the little thumb buttons. Mm-hmm. Yep. That if you've got a D-fly plugged in, you can control the your Garmin. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. I use that a lot. This we can jump up between the the map screen and whatever whatever other screens there while keeping both hands firmly inside the ride. Right, times. right. Yeah, and and again, this is because we haven't gotten the uh, the campy set in yet. Um, this is a little bit of speculation, but, you know, just judging by the photos, it looks like, you know, Campagnolo also put a lot of effort into the ergonomics of their hoods and the levers. Um, and campy's always sort of had that, like, um, crotch, hand oh, crotch it lock. It feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> the hand crotch. Uh, that's my new favorite thing. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, what is this? What do you call this? Between, I, I'm, listeners, I'm making an L shape with yeah. my thumb and my index finger. What, that, what is that area where the two come together? I guess that's a crotch it's or just, a crux. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In today's market, most of us don't have access to invest early in the private companies that create big returns. With our crowd, you get access to vetted deals on pre-IPO companies alongside professional venture capitalists. Recently, our crowd has launched the Pandemic Innovation Fund, which invests in innovations like vaccines and testing, tools for remote learning, and even food security. 
Invest in the Pandemic Innovation Fund or get in early on other opportunities at OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. Your OurCrowd account is free. Just go to O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash VeloNews. But anyway, yes, yeah, so, I mean, Campy's always had really good herd, hood or ergonomics. Uh, and I, I think it looks to me from the photos that the, the, the hood ergonomics in this sense are pretty good too. And they're, but they're a little chunkier. Um, and then you've you, got two thumbs switch yeah. options. My, my beef with Campy is that when you're on the hoods, it's easy to shift from yeah. above. But when you're down in the drops, especially if it's a deep drop bar, mm-hmm. you need Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> thumbs to get yes. up there like a tree frog or something yes yes so fine for leonard's in but yeah. if you know dan you've got you know, my little stubby hands yes, yeah. little stub them <laughs> so campies looks like they took that into consideration yeah and it also looks like the uh, the thumb lever extends pretty far down you know like it's a, it's almost like a um like a an l shape pointing downward um so that you can really get to that position from the drops and, uh-huh. and shift um, again, haven't seen it in person, but that's what I'm judging by the photos. It looks like, it looks like they've considered that yeah. I've, I've never, I've never been a big fan of those thumb levers on Shimano or excuse me on uh, Campagnolo levers. Cause again, little tiny stubby thumbs. <laughs> um, but this looks like these would probably actually work pretty well for me. Um, so I'd be curious to check those out. Um, but so, you know, you you start to get the whole story because to me, it's it, it was easy when GRX came out to be like, I mean, come on, you know, a gravel drivetrain, give me a break. But really, I mean, it is small refinements and touches that are specific to gravel that make these these gravel drivetrains make a lot of sense. And I think high among them is the gearing and the ergonomics. Yeah. Um, so you've got ergonomics, the difference of the lever, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, hand position or with a GRX Di2, yep. the pivot of the lever for more leverage you've got gearing options that are generally much lower Mm -hmm. and then you've got the clutch derailleur keep your chain on and taut yes um and obviously all of them are disc brakes uh you know so road sure sure you know road is still desperately clinging to to rim brakes um and i think uh, that debate can rage on for as long as you want it to um but you know gravel it just discs just make sense uh there's no reason to be and i don't think anybody makes a rim brake gravel bike at this point anyway why, why would you um so again i think it's it's also important to note how much of this has come from the mountain bike side uh in terms of design and um, uh, you know, history. So, you know, you've got, you've got all these things that are proven on the mountain bike side. And, and the question then becomes, how do you make it work for a drop bar bike? And a lot of that in the past came down to sort of Franken bike options. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jerry rig this and, mm-hmm. you know, connect these hoses with, you know, duct tapes and hopes and dreams and, and, <laughs> and hope it works. And, you know, that was always fun, but now because gravel's become such a big thing and so many people are doing it, it's, you know, it, it seems clear to me that there's a big market for of people who are like, I just want something that works. Uh, that's comfortable that I don't have to think about uh, and I don't have to, you know, be MacGyver to to get it set up on my bike. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Dropper posts being another example of a mm -hmm. mountain bike adoption where initially it was a MacGyver thing and now you can get it, maybe not stock, but Mm -hmm. it's a manufacturer approved, whether that's like built into the left mechanical lever on Shimano or uh, with the ETAP axis ecosystem as right. So here's a question for you. Um, you know, Campagnolo, when it came out with this 13 speed, 13 speed, uh, 
E-car, I guess. E-car? E-car? E-K-A-R? I don't know how to pronounce it. All right. I've never heard it spoken out loud. Yeah, say it really quickly. E-car. They are claiming that it is the lightest group set for gravel. Does that matter? I mean, you know, does does weight matter with gravel the way it matters with road? It's a nice talking point. I was going to say one other feature of gravel-specific groups that is a plus is that it's a little bit cheaper and a little at least in theory more robust than a road group right um, so the i mean these bikes as i've demonstrated these bikes do get dumped over sideways from time to time mm-hmm. and and if you had a bike with campanulo super record or something like this and it hit the dirt you, you that, God. yeah yeah <laughs> My blood pressure goes up just thinking about that. <laughs> I ain't ashamed to cry on the side of the trail. <laughs> um, but yeah, so weight, not as not as vital uh, to gravel. I mean, st- you still don't want a big clunky anvil of a drivetrain, but it, probably not as vital as a road drivetrain. Um, but that brings me to another question, which, which I think a lot about, you know, as somebody who tests gear and, and if something breaks, largely I can just send it back and say, Hey, I broke this. Um, consumers don't get to do that. Um, the campy, uh, group set comes with a carbon crank and there are definitely, you know, there's options on the SRAM side as well for a carbon, uh, carbon crank. I don't know if, I don't think there's a GRX carbon option. What are your thoughts on carbon cranks for, for gravel? I mean, to me, it seems like you would much rather want the durability of something that you can scrape along a rock and, and not have to worry about it. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I've ridden tramps, carbon cranks, and ding them and bang them and clonk them in there. Yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly taking some aesthetic wear and tear. Uh, yeah, I don't think a carbon crank would be a dangerous thing. I, I don't. Let me clarify that. I don't believe a carbon crank would be a dangerous thing. I, I would be hesitant to get it scuffed up though because it's such a pretty thing to right. begin with. <laughs> whereas, whereas a metal crank mm-hmm. whatevs yeah right right um, well that's that's kind of one of the things i like about the the grx and not to say that it's an ugly group but it, it, it has a more utilitarian feel to it than than something like this campy which looks gorgeous right yes i would yes. put that on my bike and i'd be afraid to ride it you know that's it's kind of how i feel about like um kitsbo clothing you know, it's, it's, it's engineered for mountain bike riding. It looks so good that I'm, I don't want to get it dirty. <laughs> you know? um, so that's, that's kind of how I feel about the, the campy group set. I'm like, man, this thing is a beautiful group set. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get it dirty. You know, <laughs> GRX, you know, also a, an attractive group, but like it has this utilitarian look and feel to it where I'm like, oh yeah, bash it against the rock. It'll be fine. You know, <laughs> Yeah. kind of looks cooler with scrapes on it. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Like, yeah. This weekend crash, jump back up, realize, oh, I can't shift. Did yeah. I break my shifter? No, like the, the cable just popped out. So I stopped, like kick some of the dirt off of it, plug the wire back in and off you go. Yeah. 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 You know, power, yeah. power wash it, put lube on it, call it good. Yeah. Right. Hit it again. What is this washing you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, blow out the dust and put it away. Yeah. Um, so the other thing to consider, and again, we, we talked to already about this is that all these group sets are, are um, disc only. And, you know, you've ridden GRX disc. Uh, I've ridden GRX disc and, and the ETAP. You've ridden the ETAP discs. Yes. We, neither of us have ridden the, um, the Campagnolo discs on the gravel set. But from the looks of it, I'm wondering if it's the same brakes as their road brakes because that's, those are made by Magura, I believe, or they were designed by Magura. Yeah. Um, 
the the group set that I've ridden from Campagnolo with the disc brakes, phenomenal braking, just be- feels absolutely beautiful. Um, what what is your what's your preference in this arena in terms of uh, disc brakes, uh, and what what's the difference between them, if any? My preference is Shimano braking, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't feel like I've ridden Campy disc enough, at least recently, mm-hmm. to have a good head to head in my little head. Um, as we talked about, yeah, Campanello on the road stuff in general mm-hmm. looks gorgeous, feels gorgeous, can be a little finicky to maintain. Yes. Um, but recently I've only ridden SRAM and Shimano and both of those a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think Shimano feels just a little bit better. I feel like yeah. the modulation's just a little bit better. Uh, and they don't squawk quite as much. Mm-hmm. And that could just be my... That's been my experience. Sure, sure. How yeah. about you? So I, you know, so much of the squeaking to me comes down to luck, man. Like I've been on group rides where everybody's brakes are singing. Sure. You know, um, I haven't had a ton of problems with SRAM brakes squealing. Uh, to be honest, on the road or on gravel, um, but they are trickier and finickier to set up. I would say, uh, you know. To me, it's it's easy enough for with a Shimano brake. Like you, you spin the wheel, you hit the brake, and you tighten down that caliper. Yeah. It's good to go. Yeah. Uh, SRAM takes a little bit more finessing, and, and I actually have a special tool that I use to center uh, it. And it's um, special tool. Special tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can't have a special tool for something, you know <laughs> what's the point? Um, so yeah, it definitely takes a little bit more finagling to set it up properly. But I feel like once it's set up, it's fine. Um, and I haven't had any reliability issues with it. Um, I will say um, Shimano, the GRX comes with a pretty unique brake setup, actually, if you if you want it. There is a configuration where you can have inline um, brakes on your bar tops, yep. Yep. Um, which is really unique because uh, I don't think anybody's ever done hydraulic inline brakes like that before. No, never. Um, and so when I, and setting them up actually was, was not difficult. Um, I set them up on my, I have a Trek checkpoint, uh, SL seven, set it up on that. They feel perfect. They're, they're wonderful. And it doesn't affect the feel of the, um, you know, the, the regular brake levers. Uh-huh. The problem I have with it is, it takes uh, up a lot of real estate on the bar. Or? Well, that is, that's certainly one thing. It does take up real estate on the bar. Um, so if you run a lot of accessories up front, you know, that, that could be a problem. It's not so much of an issue. I can get my Garmin on there. No, no big deal. Or my computer, I should say. Um, the one issue I have is that I haven't really found the situation where I need those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, when do you use those? Yeah. It's like for cyclocross. Yeah. You know, once upon a time when, you know, Cyclocross brakes only warn the person in front of you that you were about to hit them and right. slow you down. <laughs> yeah. And also you're often getting off with one hand on the top, mm-hmm. being able to modulate mm-hmm. your speed with not only a brake there, but a hydraulic brake there. Fantastic. So right. The only that's exciting for cyclocross, but for gravel, yeah. What I, it, I haven't found a I great like shifting up there. I dig the remote shifting of both. Yeah. Yeah. DI2 and ETAP with satellite shifters up there. Right. Well, to be fair though, I mean, I, I did plan on doing Kanza this year on that bike yeah. and did not, obviously didn't get to do that. So, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that after many, many miles and, you know, I would want that hand position and might need to scrub some speed, but in my daily riding, I just haven't found that situation except for like, you know, 
the, the, oh shit grab, you know, where like a car comes out in front of you or something like that. That's, that's valid too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just don't, I guess I'm just not that kind of rider where I spend that much time on the, the bar tops in a position, in a, in a situation where I'm going fast enough to need brakes. Um, if that's your thing, these things are, these are, they're beautiful. They feel great. The modulation's beautiful, wonderful. Um, Shimano's done a wonderful job making what is the first inline hydraulic bar top break. Um, I just haven't found a use for it yet. So it really, I actually have considered taking them off just because it does take up some real estate, but then I have to re-bleed the brakes and, you know, yeah. cut new hoses, things like that. So I, I guess you could call that a drawback. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I would say just think carefully about it before you commit to it, uh, whether or not you'll actually use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise really nifty. I think, I think, you know, Shimano has always just done such a bang up job with, with hydraulic brakes. Um, and, and, and even on the mountain bike side, like I, I run XT brakes on my, my mountain bike and there's just nothing better that mm-hmm. I've tested yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, they've clearly got a winning formula. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the, the takeaway from this is, you know, yeah, gravel, gravel drive trains exist. They exist for a reason, but is there, is there any reason I shouldn't, I mean, like if I've got an old road group set and my, my locale is pan flat, you know, can I run a road group set? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, but run what you brung. You know, that's yeah. the great thing about bikes, right? <laughs> like we get so hyper-specific in the bike world, whether it's on manufacturing or the media of zeroing in on like the tickiest, tackiest bits. And there is differences. There are differences, I should say. Um, but yeah, part of the fun is run what you brung. Right. Um, and perhaps more broadly, I mean, one question that we often get, Dan, is people looking to buy a gravel bike as the the all-rounder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want to ride on dirt, but I also, this is going to be my road bike, too. Right, right. So, for that, you know, one bike I really enjoyed having a couple months back was a checkpoint with Shimano 105, mm-hmm. which had a, the compact 50-34 crank. Mm-hmm. Um and I use that both ways. It, you know, just swap wheels, uh, still keep the cassette. I think it was an 1132. Mm-hmm. Um, so 34, 32 being the lowest gear there, still pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, could do some road group rides on that. And, yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, that, and that is one of the, the problems I do have with, with gravel drivetrains in general is, you know, if you're, you know, for me, if I was going to go buy one, I, w- I would want that sort of versatility where I could just ride it as a road bike. Yes. But man, you know, it's just so easy to top out with a one by system and on the road, especially, yeah. you know, and you, next thing you know, you're pedaling like Scooby-Doo, you know, and you got your legs going to a gazillion miles an hour yeah. and it's just not, it's not fun. Um, so to have that versatility, especially if you don't live somewhere with huge mountains like we do, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of people out there are pretty rolling terrain. Right. And, and so I think it's perfectly fine to, to use, you know, whatever gearing makes sense to you. Oh, for sure. You I think know? that's, that's where you should start and end is what gear makes sense for you. Yeah. And yeah. I'd say like, even in the mountains, you know, being a heavier guy, I like having teeny gear to go up and then a bigger gear to come down. So right. I've got, I've got a beer gut for inertia to bring me down. So I don't need a big gear. It all adds up in, <laughs> in the physical equation. For yeah, sure. That's right. That's right. Um, that's how I, uh, that's how I get all those downhill KOMs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I may never beat you up a hill, but boy, I can down on the bottom real fast. <laughs> what are we forgetting about, about drivetrains, uh, 
in general. Do, do you think you're going to ever need a 13 speed drivetrain on gravel? If it, for one by, I welcome, as we've talked about, a, a wider range and smaller steps in between. Mm -hmm. So if that can be executed with a chain that doesn't snap because it's delicately thin, sure, mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. Have at it. Um, Would you say that Shimano is then off the back with 11 speed? I would suspect we're going to see 12 speed sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. what, okay, here's another speculation for you. And this is one that drives us both crazy. What about wireless for Shimano? Yeah. 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 When is that coming? <laughs> the wires, the wires, and I wrote a, uh, an article recently on Velo News uh, about Sh Shimano GRX and what I really love about it. And, and one thing that I really bugs me about it. Yep. Um, and I don't want to blow it for you guys, but um, I think Ben and I would both agree that, uh, Shimano's DI2 system, while wonderful and fast and clean and uh, perfect when it's set up, could use some refinements in the setup area. Um, so, you know, that might be one thing we see. And, you know, obviously, if, if, if you can't get the range you need out of 11 speed, then sure, 12 speed and 13 speed makes a lot of sense. Um, which is not to say that 11 speed is passe at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, back to just like the utilitarian nature, I think it makes good sense to have a, a chunkier mm -hmm. set that can handle it. Right. <coughs> All right. So here's, here's one follow up. So you were just in, um, in Utah for the Belgian waffle ride, yep. uh, and you had a little chain lube, uh, conundrum. Yes. Uh, if I'm a gravel rider, do I need a special chain lube that's different from my road chain lube? So on a few occasions I've ended up with a, squawking dried out chain using either a pro gold or a rock and roll gold. Mm -hmm. um, I l love that style like all in one because I'm a lazy person. <laughs> and so just if you guys, if listeners aren't familiar, you just put the stuff on, run it through for a few seconds and then clean it all off. And you've mm -hmm. got a nice clean chain. You don't have to use a degreaser and then putting on a separate loop. So that's my go-to mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. It, but it ends up pretty light and dry and add in you know, 10 tons of dust and end up with a squawky drivetrain that sounds like it's about to seize on you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go with something a little, a little heavier would be yeah. my recommendation. Bacon grease. Bacon, bacon grease. Smells bacon. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah, sitting on a gold mine here. In a pinch if you know, <laughs> Things get dire. Yeah, there's always bacon hand ups at the at the aid stations. Just rub some of that right on your chain. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, okay. So the general consensus here seems to be that drive trains, gravel drive trains, do make sense specifically for gravel riding. Don't necessarily need one, uh, but if you're if you're looking for you know the the setup that is specifically tailored to gravel riding makes sense ergonomically, makes sense in terms of gearing and durability. That's probably the way to go. And I, I think moving forward, we're just going to see more bikes come stock with with these anyway. Oh, for sure. Uh, so so it may be a moot point. <laughs> yeah, and it can like with some of these, it makes economic sense too. So that's yeah, always a for sure. Cool. Well, Ben, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in to, uh, talk drivetrains today. Appreciate it. Good to see you from very far away. 
<laughs> so long, <man. laughs> and so if, long, listeners. Yes, Talk if you, you guys have questions time. about uh, this episode of the Velo News Tech Podcast or any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover on a future episode of the Velo News Tech Podcast, I would love to hear it. Please do feel free to reach out to me, dcavallari at velonews.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at browntiedan. Ben, where can the great, the great people that are listening to us find you? I'm a social anti-mediast, <laughs> anti-social mediast, but you can find me on Strava, Ben underscore Delaney. Thank you all for listening today. And Ben, thanks again for joining me. Cheers, Dan. We will see you guys next time.